This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network for this Wednesday, January the 24th. I'm Dustin Huffman. We're talking right now with Jim McCormick of agmarket.net. And Jim, I mean, today kind of looked like a cookie cutter yesterday. Everything is up except soy oil and, and oats here today on my screen. And seeing a little bit of positive direction is always a good thing. No doubt about it. I think in general, a little bit of follow through. I mean, I think you're looking for the leader of the pack. I'm going to argue it's probably the beans in general. I mean, Dustin, it's really been kind of interesting. We've really seen kind of a change in psychology of what's going on in South America. You know, for the longest time, it was northern Brazil's too dry, southern Brazil's a little bit wet, Argentina, Goldilocks, perfect. And now, as you're seeing this right now, today, going the next week, 10 days, maybe a little bit further, they're saying northern Brazil's getting plenty of rain now, but it's Argentina that's seeing a lot of above-normal temperatures and not a lot of rain. And that seems to be putting a little bit of uncertainty into the marketplace and allowing us a little bit of a short covering, maybe a little bit of weather premium coming back in. Because remember, we're about, even with the little re- rebound off the lows we've had, we're still fifty off the highs scored just a few weeks back. Yeah, and that's definitely, you know, something to think about, you know, when you're, when you're talking about the, the how far we we have dropped in the couple of weeks. But, you know, are we seeing any, you know, pickup or what this could mean? You know, I know it's a lot to, to ask going forward. We, they haven't got the beans out of the ground yet. They're in Brazil where they're starting in some places. But, I mean, what could this mean for the United States as we start getting ready to start shipping again as the Mississippi River opens in a couple uh, months? Well, hopefully what it means is we'll get a little bit more, maybe a little bit more demand for the beans. But the reality is that window to ship beans out is closing very, very fast. Traditionally, when this river opens back up, and it's probably, you know, we're having a nice thaw here in northern Illinois today. That tends to open up the door, not for shipping beans. We tend to ship a lot of corn as we go into the spring season. So we'll keep an eye on it. But the thing you got to keep in mind, Dustin, what's going on in South America as a whole, the headline story is Brazil. You know, the Brazil crop, the government's around 157, Conab's around 155. I think there was a private estimate at 150 last night. I've heard numbers as low as 140, but you got to put it in perspective of where they're at as a whole if you're a producer. If you look at Argentina, Brazil, Paraguay, those three big producing countries in South America combined, as of the January WASD, they were projecting that crop at 217 million metric tons. Okay. The previous record those three countries put together was two or three years ago in the 2021 year, 196 million metric tons. Yeah, so, so if you that's take 10 million metric tons off this crop, even 15, it's probably not going to be a major game changer. You're going to have to get that Brazilian crop closer to 140, maybe even below that, to really maybe get some demand back aggressively into the United States. You know, and just thinking about it, it's about a year ago since I was there in Brazil seeing what the crops looked like, and that was a, a tremendous year for them. But people don't always realize here in, in the United States, when, when they're growing beans, you can drive all over Mato Grosso, all these places, and it's just beans as far as you can see. And, and, and that's why they've become such a powerhouse of production of soybeans. And, you know, that, and they worry, they have some first crop corn, you know, here and there. But for the most part, I mean, they're growing beans like crazy. And then they still have two more growing seasons that they can use. I mean, they can practically grow year round in some places. It's hard to keep up with that when we have to shut down for a couple months. It's amazing. The other thing is just we like to show a graphic when I speak. It's amazing. You, the Mato Grosso, the state you were just talking about, you know, we talk states, we think, wow, that's big. You know, Texas. Well, literally, you could put this, folks, just to put it in perspective, you could put the whole state of Illinois in the whole state of Iowa, and you're maybe encompassing maybe half of the ground of Monte Grosso, to put it in perspective. 
I mean, it is just immense amount of farming going on right there. And that's where we're at. Now, Dustin made the coin, you know, the corn. The Safrina corn crops, the big crop nowadays, that's the one the world concentrates. They don't even plant that until the Brazilian crop, bean, the first bean crop's harvested. So can that Safrina crop, what we're going to watch for is if the Brazil harvest is late due to all this rain they're getting now, Dustin, what happens is you plant that Safrina crop late, in theory, you've got a risk of them running out of water because the rainy season ends roughly in that April, May time frame. So if you get the corn in late, you theoretically could run out of water. And that is something that could add a little bit of bullishness to the corn market down the line. But the problem you've got is, like I said, they don't have that till late spring. And I'm a little bit fearful of putting all my bullish hopes on a Safrina problem because if Safrina crop stumbles a little bit, but we're off to a fantastic stop start in the United States, it may not matter to the world trader if Safrina's crop's down a little bit, kind of like what's going on right now with the Brazilian crop being down a little bit, but Argentina's had such a huge rebound of production, the world just hasn't. That's why we've lost almost $2 off the recent highs. All right, so shifting gears over to livestock, we were talking before we went on here about what's going on in the hogs and and how hogs have been, uh, you know, having a a rough go here in the last couple of months. And, you know, lean hogs actually had an up day for once. And, you know, we had a good ride to start the month, but, you know, it's been a tough battle. But to see all three markets kind of go up to the positive side, something we haven't seen in a while. I think so. I mean, the hogs, I think, technically look good, finally. The April the April hogs, you know, they haven't been able to trade above the 100-day moving, April, 100-day moving average since uh, essentially late September. We took that out yesterday, so technically we broke out. Hopefully that's going to feed a little bit more to the upside right now. The cattle market, it's been in a slow grind higher. Uh, made a high a couple of days ago, backed off, and, we, you know, we're holding the, the short-term moving averages. The economy, um, you know, you look at the consumer, uh, the Michigan consumer sentiment last Friday, it was a huge rebound. We are only about seven points below where the average is for the consumer sentiment. So the consumer overall is feeling relatively good about his financial situation, despite the credit card debt that a lot of us were nervous about that was piled up over the holidays. The consumer is so uncomfortable. The stock market's making all-time highs as we speak. Hopefully that is a good sign that the demand is there. If you can get one more thing to kind of really sweeten the pot a little bit, maybe get that dollar to continue to weaken. It is down hard today as we speak. If that dollar would continue to weaken, that will just help drive money back into the commodities and hopefully drive demand not just to the hogs and pigs, not just to the hogs and cattle, excuse me, but to the grains as well. All right. Well, Jim, lots of things for us to be thinking about as producers. And if folks want to pick your brains there at agmarket.net and talk to anybody on the team, what's the best way for them to do that? You can reach anybody of the Ag Market team members at 844-424-6758. You can reach me directly at 815-665-0461. You can go to agmarket.net if you'd like to uh, see some of our research as well as sign up for our conference, which is coming up fast here in uh, the first weekend of February down in Nashville. All right, Jim, thanks so much for the insight. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you again for having me on. That again was Jim McCormick of AgMarket.net. Let's go ahead and take a look at where the numbers are opening here this morning. We see March corn up two and a quarter at 448 and three quarters. Soybeans have lost a little bit, down one and three quarters at 1237 and three quarters. Soy meal up two dollars and twenty cents at 363.30. Soy oil down 49 cents at 47.72. Chicago wheat up two and three quarters at 599 and a quarter. Kansas wheat up one and a quarter at 618 and three quarters. Minneapolis wheat up a penny at seven dollars even. 
Oats are down five and a half right now at 364 and three quarters. On the mark, February live cattle up 62 cents at 175.27. March feeders up 67 cents at 234.32. Lean hogs down a dime at 73.20. Pork cutouts down 40 cents at $87 even. And class three milk down eight cents at 15.62. Thanks again to Jim McCormick of agmarket.net for joining us here on the Opening Market Podcast. I'm Dustin Huffman on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, where Iowa Ag matters. <laughs>